Hi everyone, I'm Sue Langeter and I'm a real estate copywriter and host of this podcast, Real Estate Right. I meet people just like you every day, selling your homes, renting a property going up for sale, frustrated with not knowing the information that you need to make you that little more savvy in your real estate transactions. I'm here to help you. Help you learn before you get to that stage of meeting me to write your copy. Help you know how to make the journey that little bit easier. Stay tuned as we have an awesome podcast today to get you more in the real estate know. As a copywriter, it's amazing how many people I see who say they are just testing the market. If we don't get the price we want, we won't sell. Enlisting a real estate agent is a very expensive way of testing the market, as the sales commission is the least of your worries. Today, we are going to find out exactly what are the costs when selling your home. You're listening to Real Estate Right. Top experts talk about how to buy, sell, rent, and invest right. Your host is Sue Langder. Frank Valentic from Advantage Property Consulting is probably one of the most recognised faces in Melbourne real estate. He is renowned for helping people secure their financial freedom through education and building a portfolio of investments. The buyer's advocate we all know from the block. Welcome, Frank. Yay. How are you? Very well, Sue. Thanks for having me. That's okay. Thanks for coming in again. Um, so, Frank, you sold some property last year. Is it getting more expensive to put your home on the market? Um, I don't think it's getting more expensive. I think you've got the normal selling costs. You've got the agent's commission. You've got, obviously, uh, we always recommend when you're selling to market the property because you can't sell a secret. So I think they're your main two expenses. And then you've got your other things that we recommend, you know, having it either professionally styled or getting an interior designer to come in there and give you some tips if you're selling your own place yeah. um, so, so the costs can add up uh, it's not it's not a cheap exercise to sell no it's not so talking about a few of those things um obviously the non-negotiables we've got conveyances we need to spend money on legal documentation don't we yeah and a conveyance is generally going to be about you know fifteen hundred dollars on average um i don't think people need to go the expense of getting uh, you know, expensive city lawyer to have a look through a pretty basic standard form of contract, which most of them are. Um, I think if you're buying a commercial property, uh, it's a little bit more complicated than I'd use a lawyer, but, you know, a property conveyance uh, um, is is an affordable option. And as I said, it's not, it's not expensive, but you do need them and I'd always get them to check the contract before you actually put an offer in as well, rather than throw them the contracts at the end and they go, oh, what about these clauses and what about yeah. this? You can't change it once it's signed. So. Yeah, definitely. Um, obviously, marketing is a definite uh, non-negotiable. You, you need to do some form of marketing, even if it is yeah. off market. Yeah, I, I've never, I'd never recommend a client sell off market, number one. That's uh, as a vendor's advocate over the last 20 years, I've always made sure my clients go to market. Uh, because you want to get the highest price. And if no one knows about your property or less people know about your property, you're not going to get the highest price. Um, so the basic marketing is getting it on the internet, um, getting on the real estate portals. Um, you know, that's that's number one. You have to do that. Uh, some uh, owners don't want to put a board up. Um, I think, again, it's a silly 
um, silly strategy, not putting a board up, um, particularly for people trying to find the property when they're actually driving there and having a look, they might think, well, it's already sold. I'll just keep driving when they've got their run sheet on a Saturday and they're trying to get through those inspections. Uh, but I think marketing these days, I mean, five to $10,000 is going to be a really basic internet campaign. Uh, once you take into account, you know, copywriting, uh, you know, floor plan, photos, professional, um, and that's all professionally done. And, uh, you know, before you know it, it it's uh, it's not a lot of change out of five to $10,000. Obviously, it it's depends whether you then do some print um, advertising or whether you just sort of stick to an internet campaign. But I think, you know, a board and internet advertising is a must for all of my sellers when yes, they're selling. definitely. Um, and how about the brochure? There's, I, th- I think a brochure is always one of those things that you want to walk away with knowing that you've been to that property. Oh, absolutely, yeah. So brochures, yeah, that's all part of the, you know, taking the photos, getting the copy, the floor plan and all that. Um, obviously, having a floor plan on the internet is crucial these days. Um, I think the virtual tours are great as well because, even though we've come out of lockdown, uh, there are still lots of buyers that are a little bit hesitant going out and you know inspecting many mm. properties. Um, so they're letting their fingers do the, the walking a, a little bit. So you know, a virtual tour, having photos uh, and floor plan and all that is really going to be even more essential now uh, due to you know still that little bit of uncertainty with some buyers um, not wanting to to go out to as many properties because of you know COVID and. Uh, where where we might end up hopefully we don't have a third wave but uh hopefully hopefully we can uh, move move forward but yeah the, the floor plan is really crucial these days because uh if the floor plan's not right a lot of the buyers will, will basically not even waste their time going through that property so you know, you're better having that floor plan there making sure that the buyers can make some good decisions um on your property i, well. I think personally that a floor plan is what sells me a property if the floor plan doesn't work crossed yeah. off the list already yeah Absolutely. And if you can't uh, change the floor plan, yeah, it's a definite no. It's a definite cross. If you can manipulate it a little bit, move some walls, add some rooms in and change things. But sometimes, you know, you can't do much with it. If it hasn't got a second living area uh, and you need a second living area because you've got kids, then that's going to be a non-negotiable for you as well. So in terms of things that we should do, should we tackle some renovations and repairs before we put our house on the market? Absolutely. Yeah, you've got to have it presented uh, to, to the best possible uh, states. Um, you've got to try and attract the emotional buyer. Um, at the moment in Melbourne, investors are very, very slip, scarce on the grounds. Uh, investors tend to sort of sit on the fence a bit during an uncertain period like what we're going through with COVID. Um, so it's really home buyers are probably about 90% of the market that we're looking at. You know, we're looking at family homes uh, for a lot of our clients and even units at uh, the entry level are nearly all being bought by first home buyers, not investors. Yeah. Um, so if you want to attract that premium price, you have to you have to have that really nice finishes. Uh, you've got to try and make it emotional for the buyer. Uh, because they're going to buy on emotion. They're not going to buy on dollars and cents like an investor will. Yeah. Um, so I'd always recommend, you know, going and doing basic stuff. Does the carpet need replacing or do we need to polish the boards? Uh, do we need to repaint the, the house? Um, you know, first impressions um, are very, very crucial. So how does the, the, the house or property look from the street? You know, is the garden maintained? Have you painted the fence? Yeah. Uh, you know, and the cobwebs all over the front door. Um, so those sort of little things. Uh, but, you know, you don't want to go out and I start uh, start spending big amounts of money on redoing kitchens and bathrooms yeah. in many instances uh, because 
you know, you haven't even had a chance to enjoy or benefit from those those areas and throwing in that money and might not necessarily be what the uh, new buyer will do anyway mm. to it or they might redo it anyway. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, those cosmetic things can make a huge difference, uh, you know, window furnishings, light fittings, um, you know, door handles. Uh, they can make a massive impact. Um, and number one impact really uh, that is most crucial is, is styling it for sale. Yes. Um, that's a non-negotiable. Uh, even my place recently when I sold it, um, I had our interior designer come through. We hired some furniture because my furniture uh, was not uh, conducive to making the, the place look as nice as it could be. Um, so you live in a house one way, you sell a house another way is how I say to my, my sellers. Um, so it's really important um, and that's not a non-negotiable for me is, you know, particularly if it's a tenanted property, um, I'd always recommend our clients get the tenants out and style it and have a chance to do those, uh, you know, those little cosmetic improvements yeah. uh, because you, you only get one chance to sell and, you know, you only get one chance to, to get the highest price and you want to leave no stone unturned when you're doing that. Definitely. So, like, I know renovations, repairs, like the cost could be long as a piece of string, um, but... Yeah. How much money, like, for return, how much would we get as a return? So if we put, say, 10 grand's worth of renos in, would we expect 30 grand in return or? Yeah. Well, you, you'd say dollar yeah. for dollar at least. So if you put 10 in, hopefully you're getting 20 to 30 back. If you're putting 50 in, hopefully you're getting 100 to 150 back because it can make a massive difference because it can often bring that property up yeah. to the next level. Um, and people will pay for that sort of extra, uh, you know, extra renovation, the extra emotional attachment that mm. they've got to it. And it's not only mm. about the return you get back, it's um, how quickly that yeah. property sells. So if the property mm. is presented poorly, like some of our, um, our clients are selling um, apartments at the moment and they've tried to sell with mm. the tenants in there um, and it's presented really, really poorly, then the property can't mm. even get sold. You know, we're not even getting traction to get it sold. So some of them have been on the market for 90 to 120 days. We can't get uh, a yeah. good offer. Uh, whereas, you know, a good property that's styled and, and presented right is generally selling in the Melbourne market in 30 to 40 days. So it's also time on market. And if you're paying a mortgage and you've got the property vacant and you're paying for, you know, um, you're not paying for styling furniture in, in that instance, but you're, you're you know, you're, you're having that opportunity yeah. cost as well. Um, and, you know, it might also uh, hinder you in terms of buying something else. So, you know, you might miss out on some other good opportunities because you haven't sold your property as well. So it just helps the sale uh, process. Uh, it's, it's the faster days on market, but it's also going to give yeah, you the best definitely. price. So how much would a stylist generally cost? A one-bedroom apartment would be, say, two grand maybe? Two thousand, two thousand, yeah. Two bedroom might be two and a half yeah. to three thousand. Um, if you've got a, a, a bigger house, it might be you know an investment of seven to ten thousand. So it's probably ranges from two to about ten on average. And sometimes you know it's not as expensive if you're living in the property and and you're just as I do as I did, you know, part styling. Um, you're using most of your stuff and you're getting rid of some of the other stuff to make it look a bit uh, a bit nicer and a bit more. Um, you know, emotional for the buyers there. So, um, you know, it's a, it's a great investment though because uh, I've never had a, a client who's styled a property and and been in a worse position than, you know, prior to, to styling. Um, I use a classic example. I had a, a client who was selling a one-bedroom in Carlisle Street, St Kilda, 
the agents all said, you know, it's really hard to sell at the moment. It was cluttered. The tenant had it looking like a dog's breakfast, basically. And uh, they, the agents were saying probably around 290 to 300. We got the tenants out. We just gave it a bit of a, a clean up, some touch up paint, put the styling in, and we got a result of 455,000 for that same property. Wow. Uh, we had six bidders on the day, and you know who they were all were, so all emotional yep. home buyers. Property now versus when we had it previously, you couldn't have given it away. You wouldn't have been able to sell it. Yeah, so it's a massive difference, isn't it? So we, oh, we had a client there who was in um, in, in Adelaide, and so we organised everything for him, organised the repairs, and that's what we do as sellers advocates. Uh, we help clients, and we don't charge any extra for that service. We just sort of split the role up with the selling agent. Um, and, you know, that's that's a classic example of, you know, giving the right advice so that your client yes. can get that extra 150000 which makes a massive difference in their life, you know, for, you know their, their next stage of whatever they're wanting to do with that money. Um, so that was, uh, yeah. that was a really good example of, of, you know, how much styling can, can uh, affect a property's um, resale price. Yeah, definitely. So, of course, there's always other costs as well, which we really don't think about. Things mm-hmm. like storage. Yes. If your house is being styled, you're putting your own stuff into storage. Like that can go into what, two, three hundred dollars a week sometimes, can't it? Yeah. And also you might need to rent somewhere else yeah. because what I did when I when I sold I, I, we moved out so that the place could be presented right. Uh, you know, we've got two young yeah. kids. Um so you know when having kids at home it's very hard to keep a, a property uh, presented right, you know, hundred percent of the time, which is what you really want. You want the agent to be able to go there and get as many buyers through and get as many interested parties yeah. through. As you can, so you know. Often it's even moving out temporarily. It might be to go into some short-term accommodation. Yeah. Um, I'd be to lob it, lob on your family's uh, home oh, or I'm residences to try, <laughs> you know, um, beg and borrow uh, some some accommodation somewhere. But you know, th- that can be another cost. Yeah. Um, and then another cost that we find that um, often clients don't even consider if it's been an investment property. Uh, you know, the capital gains tax uh, can be a major cost because, you know, they're thinking we're going to get all this money. But then um, as that, that client that sold from Adelaide, he would have had to pay capital gains tax because that was an investment property. So out of that profit that they, they made, uh, there'd be a capital gains tax bill. So um, so that can be a massive one if it's been an investment property um, that you know, people don't even factor in. And it can be a huge one. So I say always, always speak to your accountant and work out whether it's better that you sell in this financial year or next financial year before you make a decision to go to market because yeah. it might be better to hold it off and sell it the following year because of your tax position. Um, so that can be a, a big one. Um, you also pay land tax, um, and that can be a big one if it's if it has yeah. been an investment property. Often the, the, the seller will try and get the, the purchaser to pay, uh, you know, some of the land tax as well. Do you pay land tax on apartments as well as uh, houses? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you do. Uh, obviously, the um, land tax is a lot lower on apartments because the land content is a lot smaller. Yeah. Uh, on a on a bigger house, on you know good sized land in most parts of Melbourne, you're going to pay a fair bit of land tax now if it's in the inner inner suburbs. Um, and that that's another cost that uh, you know you've got to pay. You've got to pay that uh, that year. It's sort of land land tax runs per calendar year. Mm. Um, so mm. that can be another cost that. Um, you know, I just bought a property on the weekends and um, the land tax bill for that owner was going to potentially run run into about $10,000. Wow. Um, so something you haven't uh, it factored hurts. in. It, it really yeah, it all hurts. <laughs> it's, uh, 
Yeah, you sort of thinking I'll get this, I'll get that. And then once you start adding, you know, the you know the commission and the marketing and this, um, so it's really important to you know to get the right advice and do your sums before you go to market because um, you know you're never going to get that five to ten thousand dollars back that you spend on the marketing. That that's no. paid whether you sell it or don't sell it, yeah. um, and then all the other things that you know you might have to pay as well if you if you're doing the styling and so forth. So um, so it's yeah it's important to do your your homework and due diligence and just make sure whether it, you know it's the it's the right strategy to sell at, at yeah. the moment for you. So talking about strategy, is, does the method of sale change the cost of selling at all? No, not really. Um, so most agents will charge the same fee for you know an auction campaign versus a private sale or expression of interest campaign. Um, some agencies will charge an auctioneer fee of you know three hundred bucks because they, they they sometimes have to use um, you know, auctioneers that are contracted because if they're busy, they might sort of get you know, other auctioneers to help them uh, on the busy Super Saturdays that we sometimes have in Melbourne where there's you know, a thousand plus options. Um, but overall, the, you know, you're still paying similar commissions, similar marketing, advertising. The only difference might be that auctioneer's fee of you know, $300 to $400, which some of the agencies will charge, which is minimal. Um, yeah, it's and, minimal in the whole process, isn't it? Yeah, and, and now... Now, Melbourne's returning to, you know, that auction strategy for most vendors um, because after lockdown, we're able to now have, have the, you know, 50 people outdoors and, and 20 people indoors at auctions. And so, you know, prior to that, we were having to, to run um, auctions virtual. Not as easy to sell a property with, a, with an online auction. I think people like being there and seeing your competition. I know as a buyer, I like to see who I'm bidding against and I like to just be able to feel and touch, you know, who, who I'm going to be sort of bidding in and see them versus, you know, looking at a, a Zoom auction and stuff. I think I think it's a bit different. Um, so, yeah. so, yeah, as I said, I think we'll see more and more of the auction system in Melbourne uh, now that, uh, you know, hopefully we're, we're out of COVID for, forever. Just yeah. move on with normal, normal real estate in Melbourne. So the Sales Commission can be anything from what? One percent, I suppose it's probably even less than that now, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it depends. I mean, you know, the higher price properties generally the agents will negotiate a, a lower sales commission. Yeah. The you know, the lower price properties is probably closer to two percent, two and a half. Yeah. You know, really yeah. high end sales in, in Turak and, and and other expensive suburbs might be one percent. Some agents will do a flat fee. You pay for what you get, you you wanna try and get a a, a good commission for you if you're selling, so you're not, you know, overpaying. But you also don't want to get the cheapest agent. Uh, you know, we had a company called Purple Bricks yes. uh, that went out of business in Melbourne, and they were charging a flat fee of you know seven thousand dollars, and um, and you know still most uh, sellers were were using local uh, reputable agents versus using the cheapest agent, um, and they're, they're now out of business, um, and they were the cheapest agent. The reality with them, though, was that they'd get their $7,000 out of 100 properties, only 20 of them were getting sold. And so there are other 80 people going, damn, I've just wasted $7,000. I've got to go do the traditional thing now. Yeah, exactly. And and as I said, I always say to people, you pay for what you get. Uh, if you pay peanuts, you're going to get monkeys in any in any service industry that you're at. So, you know, if you want to get a, the right result, then, you know, you don't have to pay the highest commission, but you have to pay an, an agent uh, a good commission for what they're worth and what they're going to bring to the table as well. Definitely. So we're going to take a short break and come back with more of Frank Volantic's Guide to Knowing How to Make the Most Out of the Cost of Selling. 
So, Frank, if my house was presentation perfect and I didn't need to go through the cost of renovations and repairs, what percentage of the expected sale price should I expect to be spending on selling the property? Yeah, it's generally, you probably work it out on average around 5%. If, yeah. if you're working off, you know, the commission being 1% to 2%, then you've got the conveyancing, um, you've got the marketing, advertising, uh, depends, as I said, whether you do any print media there or you're just yeah. doing internet advertising. But up, up to 5% of a, of a property's value, uh, you know, on that sort of, I suppose, the basics, marketing um, and, and the commission and, and so forth. That you, and, you know, if it includes styling as well, then, you know, you, you, you're going to have to put a little bit more in. Well, if you think a million-dollar property, 5% is $50,000. Yeah. That's... It's a big chunk. It is a big chunk, um, and but it, it's also an investment because you know yeah. you're not going to be able to sell uh, a property on your own. Um, I don't think you know uh, people can sell the, the properties for the highest price that a trained real estate agent can, a really good negotiator, um, and then also getting it out to the worldwide uh, internet by you know the real estate portal sites. Uh, hopefully, maximise your audience and maximise the amount of offers. The internet portals, they're very expensive for real estate. They are, especially realestate.com. Um, you know, they keep their fees keep going up every year. They never go backwards. Yeah. Um, and, and they obviously dominate a, a large uh, slice of that sort of market, the, the portal market. So they, I suppose, can charge um, higher fees than, yeah. say, domain or real estate view, the other two you know, portals and so forth. So... Um, but it is an investment uh, because, as, as I said earlier, I would never recommend one of my seller's advocate clients mm. uh, sold off market and try to sell a secret because we don't want to sell a secret. We want to try and maximise the amount of buyers uh, that are on that property um, so that they can get the highest price. Now, um, I missed out on a property recently in Parkdale for a, an upsizing family of mine uh, and they advertised that they got it out to the market. They had 19 offers come in on that property. Wow. Uh, so the 18 families, including my, my clients, they missed out. And they got a premium price for that. And, yeah, they paid, obviously, the money for marketing and commission and so forth. But they ended up getting over 200000 above the reserve price, which more than justifies paying the 20000 30000 or whatever the fee was going to be, you know, if we work on 5%, um, you know, even up to 50000 if you're going to get that. Yeah. Um, that return back, so uh, they would never have got that price if they if they sold it off market and tried to sell it as a secret. They would not have had 19 offers come in on that property. So, so I think that's a a real life example of you know if you want to get the best price, then you want to hopefully get competition yeah. um, and buyers having to compete to buy your property. Um, and having multiple offers or multiple people bidding versus just dealing with one buyer. Yes, it's um, it's definitely worth the investment. As you said, you know, $50,000 can turn into $200,000. Yeah. It's the quickest $150,000 you've ever made probably. Well, well, last year when I sold my house, Sue, we sold for nearly $2 million over reserve. It was massive. I know, you massive. Now, you're we never lucky. have sold it that if I didn't get it out to the market. There was been no, we, we had six bidders yeah. there on, on, on the day and, you know, the, the price was we're still pinching ourselves at the price that we got. We set a new Alwood record, but we would not have got that if we didn't style it, if we didn't do, we spent about $50,000 in those renovation repairs. We got our stylist to go in and style it and then uh, we then got it out to the worldwide internet um, and got maximum traction yeah. for the thing. So, 
it, it is a cost, but it's I, I see it as an investment versus uh, you know being a cost that you're not going to get any benefit out of. So were you completely amazed about what price you got? Yeah, it was uh, we yeah couldn't believe it. But I suppose if you do everything right in your campaign, you give yourself uh, the chance to get the best possible yeah. result. Um, and that's you know that's like my client has sold a little one bedroom in Carlos Street, St Kilda, where you're selling a multi million dollar home, or a one bedroom in Carlos Street, St Kilda. Um, you still have to set it up and use the right selling yeah. strategy and, and, and you know, give it every chance to get the premium price. Yeah. Well, you're living proof, aren't you, Frank? <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I should talk the talk and walk the walk. Uh, you know, you otherwise, otherwise yeah. uh, it's not going to be very, very convincing for my clients or any of the listeners listening to think, well, you know, what's, what's the purpose of doing this if, if, if there's not real life, um, you know, case studies that, you know, every day we're sort of seeing these results and, and they are because, uh, uh, because you know, sellers are getting it right. They're following the right strategy in selling. That's a classic with people selling off market because they don't want to pay the upfront advertising costs or marketing because you've got to pay that upfront. Now, a lot of the agents now have got these pay-as-you-go sort of programs, or, you know, you pay it on Visa or pay it um, and do a sort of payment plan. Um, but, you know, so many people... Uh, still sell off market in Melbourne uh, to save because they think they're saving because they're not spending any money on advertising or marketing and they think they're getting the best price. But I would argue uh, very, very strongly that they're not testing the market uh, to the full capacity and who's to say someone else wasn't going to pay that premium, you know, that they paid for my house or they paid for that one bedroom apartment in St Kilda. We could have sold that off market for 300,000. Um, and would that have been getting the best result for our client at the time? And, and it definitely wouldn't have been. So, uh, but yes, some people think you're saving money, but you're actually, they're actually costing themselves, themselves money. Yeah. And they just, they just don't get it. Exactly. Well, it makes a difference. I've got a client at the moment that um, has got a little unit out in Tullamarine and we can't sell it, but they didn't listen to our, our advice about styling it and it's vacant. It's got no soul. It's got no emotional pull for buyers. And so, you know, it's it hasn't sold. We're struggling, um, but you can only give people advice. And, you know, as I said, some people think, oh, I don't want to spend that extra money, you know, and, and that's a cost, but really that's the investment for you to get the best result. And to have the lowest stays on market, because if it stays on the market for another couple of months, awesome. you know, you're going to pay more in, in interest costs than you would have been styling mm. anyway. Yeah. And that's what you can weigh up, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah. So do you recommend a seller to provide any value added information? For instance, things like uh, if they organise a current pest and building inspection report in their section 32, would that be beneficial for, to help the sale go along to get a better price? No, I don't think so because I think I think some people might think it's a biased report okay. anyway. That if it's been prepared by the vendor, that they might have got their you know their mates to to do the building and pest inspection. So I, I don't think it's a great value add. I, I think you know that's 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 sort of I suppose as a vendor, um, what I would be sort of more encouraging is how can I how can I get as many buyers interested in this property? So maybe being more flexible on settlement terms, deposits, uh, maybe being flexible on that land tax. If land tax is an issue, that there might be, you know, some negotiation around that. So you're getting more buyers. Um, So I think I I would, as a seller, be, you know, be looking at other ways to value add or or, or to to entice buyers uh, versus, you know, 
um, a building and pest report because, as I said, if someone gave me one, I'd probably think, well, these guys probably know the builder anyway. Uh, they've got it done, so it's probably going to be a bias report anyway. What's the purpose of me doing it? And I'd want to get my own builder yeah. through anyway. I, um, I always do when I buy property I've known. Um, our building pest inspector for a very long time and um, you know that, that's just peace of mind for me that I know who I'm dealing with. Yeah fair enough all good so are there any more big tips from Frank that we would like to pass on to real estate right listeners? Yeah um, I, I think the, the the big ones are using a, a vendor's advocate I think that is just a, a, a no-brainer for a lot of people because it's not costing them any extra and you get that sort of third independent person between yourself and, and the selling agent, and they're able to help you choose the right agents. Um, so that's really, really important. Um, so I think that can be a great one. Uh, we talked about choosing the best agent, not the cheapest agent. You know, you could choose Purple Bricks or you can choose these companies that are charging you peanuts. You know, you're going to get peanuts back as well. So, so I think that's really, really important. Um, choosing the right, right sort of uh, style sale as I said auction is not necessarily the best way to go with every property and every market as well because sometimes uh, it's better to go expression of interest or private sale uh, versus um, auction Um, and I think the last one was um, you know just making sure you choose the right marketing and advertising for your property because uh, you know just basic stuff like as I said earlier I don't put a board up on the property. And then, you know, if people are driving past, they're not even going to find it. They're going to think it's been sold to light up on the board so that 24-7, as people are driving past whatever, they can see that there's a potential property for sale, uh, particularly if you're on a main road or a through road. Um, it's an, it'll be a no-brainer to get, you know, one of those lights put on. But uh, there's just some little things there that I think some you know some people don't don't get right when they're selling, and I think the last one is don't sell the secret. Uh, if you're selling, you know, get your trumpet out and let the world know that you're selling. Yeah. If you're buying, I love buying off market because that's that's when I can buy properties cheaper for my clients. When I'm a buyer's advocate, I've got my buyer's advocate hat on. You know, that's that's yeah. when I feel I can buy better because. That Parkdale property, I wouldn't have another 18 offers against me. I'd be one-on-one no. with the vendor versus you know, yeah. having to, to sell. Um, so I think, you know, it's, as I said, really important to, to just, yeah, to work on what's going to be best for you. And if you're selling, um, if you're not on the internet, I would say to you that you are selling, trying to sell a secret versus uh, telling the world about it. So, yeah. so that would be basic and just getting everything professionally done, you know, I don't see it as often these days, Sue, but, um, you know, sometimes owners try and do their own copy and I know you do copy for a living. Yeah. And, you know, and you can tell and then sometimes you've, you've even still got some photos, uh, not professional photos, not often now. Yeah. We saw it more in years gone by. Uh, but um, now, you know, most, most owners are saying, all right, I'll get professional photos done. I'll get professional copy. But I know. And uh, I know. you can tell, I mean, some of the photos, sometimes they put old rental photos on on the uh, on the internet and um and i said that's your first impression now for people is how a property is presented online uh particularly with COVID times that they might never even you know come come through the door if they're not sort of enticed to to look at that property and it doesn't present well online um so you don't have that chance of them actually getting to your front door because they've already discounted they've crossed it off their list 
So, and that's what they do. They've got another dozen properties that yeah. they're really keen on, yeah. and it's like, guess what? You're down the bottom of the list now. Yeah. It's you know because the other ones all look really great, yeah. even though this one's got a cheaper price tag or whatever it is. We don't want to look at it. Yeah. It's, and it, it's amazing yeah. mate, the the difference. You always think, oh well, can I get this a bit cheaper? Because when I bought my house in Albert 13 years ago, uh, the owner had done their own photos. You could tell there was no professional copy, <laughs> nothing done. The first thing I thought of was, oh, the owner's maybe a bit of pressure here to sell. I might be able to get it at a cheaper price, which we did. Um, so I think you, you know, I think it costs to skimp on um, those, those, I think I call them investments. They're not really costs because you need to get it all right. You need to get all your ducks in a row. Uh, to get that premium price. What's the best way to do that? That's hire a vendor's advocate. Yeah. And they can do it all for you. Yeah, oh, absolutely. That's a good plug <laughs> for us, sir. And it doesn't cost you anything. <laughs> and it doesn't cost you anything extra. And, and I think, you know, just yeah. having having that independent advice. Um, if my client didn't have me involved with Carlos Street, he would have just sold it on his own, um, chosen a local agent, just put it on the market as is. Um, had no yeah. other advice to, to do anything different uh, versus, uh, you know, having us there. Because most agents will say, yeah, you can sell a property as is because they, they would like to get that property on their books and get it sold ASAP, not wait oh. three or four months. Uh, whereas I'm yeah. very different as the vendors. I'd say, no, we can't sell it like this. We need to yeah. take our time, get it right, and, and you know, get the, the ducks in a row. So. So I think that's um, you know that that's why our vendors advocacy service is very popular because uh, you know we sort of hold our clients' hands throughout the whole process at no extra cost. Which is which is what they need. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Now, Frank, do you have any special offers for our listeners to use your services? Yeah, I have. Um, I'd love to offer anyone who wants to you know, uh, use our buyer's advocate or seller's advocate service, depending on which. Uh, which service they need, whether they're buying or whether they're selling um, a special reduced rate, so their $500 discount off our, off our normal rates. Beautiful. Thank you. All they need to do is obviously uh, you know, say that it's through Real Estate Right and we can uh, yep. look after them there and, um, and then I'll handle the, uh, the service personally. So they'll have myself um, giving them you know, my 25 years of property advice when they're either buying or, or selling. So, so that would... Uh, that would be something we could offer the listeners. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Frank. How can we contact you? So if we really, really want your, you to be on our side? Uh, well, you can just get on our website, um, advantageproperty.com.au. Uh, it's got all of our details on there. You can send us an email or, or contact my, myself directly on my mobile. Um, and we'd love to obviously have a chat to you, discuss your personal situation and whether you need buying advice or selling advice or both. If clients do want to, get some free market commentary. They can also jump on and uh, and uh, get onto our social media, LinkedIn and, and Facebook and, and um, get our commentary about the market. You know, we try and post regularly about what's happening in the market. They can do yeah. that as well just to, to keep up to date with the Melbourne market. Beautiful. So we will also have your details and on our show notes. Um, so, Frank, it's been a pleasure as always to have you on Real Estate Right. We look forward to having you on again soon. Uh, next week, we will have something for the tenants with the Residential Tenancy Act in Victoria about to make some changes. We have Sophie Lyon, REIV Director and Property Management Director at Jealous Crade Burundara on to talk about pets and tenancies. How can we ensure that our beloved furry child can also come along to our new rental property? So don't miss it. 
Estate Right is a real copyright production, hosted and produced by me, Sue Langada. I would like to thank Podbean for hosting our podcast, Premium Beat for our theme music, Francis Morello for his voiceover, and Frank Volantic from Advantage Property Consulting for his expert advice. Frank Volantic can be contacted on 03-9883-8900 or advantageproperty.com.au. If you would like to help us create more valuable real estate information for the people of Melbourne, contact Sue at realestateright.com.au. Thanks for listening to Real Estate Right. Thank you.